Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Well, good morning and hello to my favorite church, Life Church. So good to see you. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here because church just wouldn't be the same without you. So, so glad you're here. Also, I would love for our church to give a big welcome to any guests that are with us today. Would you join me in a great clap for them? We're honored you came to be with us today. So I have a message I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. I look forward to sharing it with you. But before I get to that, I want to take a moment and recognize a significant moment in our nation. On Friday, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ending the constitutional right to abortion. This ruling is a moment of celebration for people who believe that unborn children have a right to life and for those who believe in the scriptures that say, like it does in Psalms 139.13, that you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Overturning Roe v. Wade doesn't mean that abortion is illegal in the United States. It means each state has the right to decide on its own abortion legalities and restrictions. We live in North Carolina, and in North Carolina at this time, nothing changes in our abortion laws or access. We did not have any laws or trigger laws that went into effect after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Our current governor, Roy Cooper, has already stated that he would veto any legislation to, that restricts abortions in North Carolina. This means that nothing will change in North Carolina until more pro-life representatives are elected or a pro-life governor is elected. What this means is that in our state, abortion will be a major issue in the upcoming elections. And if you are a pro-life a believer, person who believes in life in the womb, then you will have an opportunity to vote your convictions this fall. And so I encourage you in that. I personally am pro-life. And as long as I lead this church, I will continue to lead us to support and encourage life in this house. Life Church has been for many years financially supporting Lifeline Pregnancy Center as well as serving with them and their at their facilities. My hope is that we actually increase our financial support for them and other organizations that help women with their pregnancies. We also support the Bayer Foundation, the foster care program in Wilmington as well. I think it's important for the church to not only be against something, but most importantly, what are we for? 
How do we help people? We cannot take away something without giving and doing more in return. I believe the church is most beautiful and most powerful when it is deployed and making a difference with its, with its uh, actions and activities. Because I want to demonstrate that our church is not only supporting those who are hurting in the area of pregnancy, I also want to demonstrate action to my words. And on behalf of you and our church, I have a check here that will be presented to the Lifeline Pregnancy Center this week for $1,000 as a statement of saying we are for helping people. Abortion restrictions will absolutely complicate the lives of many people who depend on abortion as a way to handle the inconvenience, poverty, and hardship of raising a child. And this is why I also support diverting all of our federal funding away from Planned Parenthood and other abortion agencies and using those funds to support social workers, adoptions, fostering, and helping moms raise their babies. My prayer is that with the overturn of Roe v. Wade, that our nation breaks the curse of death and the devaluing of human life and begins return to biblical values. Amen. If you believe that, give me an amen. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the, the moment in our nation's history that, that the, that the um, Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And Lord, we thank you for the future implications that that means. And so, Father, we want to say thank you for intervening and, and for all the prayers that were prayed have been heard and many have been answered. Father, I pray right now for peace in our streets, protection for our Supreme Court justices, and safety for all of the pro-life centers around our nation. And now, Lord, as we turn our attention to today's message, I pray that you would anoint my words to strengthen, educate, and encourage our church body. Lord, I pray that you would give our church ears to hear what you have to say today. In the name of Jesus, and one more time, an amen, church. Amen. amen. I want to talk to you today on the topic of finding freedom in your life. Freedom, freedom. Um, I have a question, and my question is this, is what is holding you back in your life? Are you struggling in life and being held back because of poor decisions and habits in your life? Or is there something else in the spirit world working against you. As Christians, we all deal with the fact that there are evil spirits that work to influence us away from God's purpose and God's plan for our life. Those evil spirits influence us to, to miss the, the joy that God wants us to walk in in our life. And so today we're going to talk about finding freedom from those spiritual attacks in your life. But first we need to acknowledge and recognize that Satan is not behind every problem you have in life. Sometimes it's just bad choices in life. 
As an example, if you eat junk food and a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar and you eat ice cream every night, then you probably won't be real healthy afterwards. True? If you are mean and rude, then you probably won't have many kind friends. If you spend more money than you earn, then you'll probably end up in debt. That's not the devil's fault. The devil is not in your credit card. He didn't make you swipe the card. If you watch the news, then you'll probably end up irritated and frustrated. That's not the devil, that's you turning on the TV. If you decide to be like my son and I and cheer for the Dallas Cowboys, then you'll probably be disappointed every year because we think every year this is our year to win it all. Just like this year, we plan on winning it all. You people, wake up out there. I'm messing with you. Listen, bad habits and bad decisions and pulling for teams that disappoint you will create bad problems in your life. It's not all the devil. But we also know that there are spiritual forces that are at work against Christians. There are demonic spiritual influences that have been assigned to you. They, they know your vulnerabilities. They know your weakness. And the enemy is assigning specific types of spiritual attacks to entrap you, to hold you back, to slow you down, to rob your joy, to weigh you down, to distract you and torment you. One of the spiritual attacks that I personally deal with in my life is what I would call a foreboding spirit. Have you ever heard of foreboding spirit before? Well, basically we've labeled the foreboding spirit because of its Im impact on people's lives. For me, I deal with the foreboding spirit, which means that I get these unwanted feelings and unwanted thoughts that something bad is going to occur in the near future. And it'll just hit me and I just, I, I feel it inside of me. Now, some of it is over time as pastoring a church, I've, I've dealt with disappointments. And so what happens now today is I will get an email and it'll see it come in on my inbox. And my first thought is, oh no, here comes another criticism. That's just, that's that foreboding spirit. That's that assuming that something bad is going to happen. I'll get a request to meet with me at the church office. And my first thought is, oh no, they have bad news for me. And so that just tends to be the way I have formed my, my, my life around some of these disappointments. And I'll tell you that pastoring a church is both the most fulfilling thing that I have ever done, but it's also filled with those disappointments. And what has happened is with those disappointments over time, I have become vulnerable to a foreboding spirit. I have just accepted the fact that disappointments come and it just, oh, it's like a, a crack in my armor and that spirit has a way to come in on my life. Unfortunately, too often I deal with it in a wrong manner. 
I will do one of two things. And sometimes when I feel that foreboding and that weightiness and that something bad is going to happen, I just try to escape to mindless TV. I just like, hey, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. Or I overcompensate. And if you know my personality, I overcompensate with just being happy, happy, happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody be happy around me. We're just going to pretend it's happy. Even if it's not happy, let's just say it's happy, you know, and just and I just try to overcompensate with that. The reality is, is I've learned to cope rather than confront the real problem that's happening. And confronting would be to confront an evil spirit that is bringing its unwanted attacks into my life. And so today I have learned to find freedom from those things. And I want to help you find the freedoms from the attacks that come into your life in your areas of vulnerabilities. And so to get there, I want to take us to 1 Kings 21, 25. If you have notes, you ought to write that down so you can study in broader context of what this is all about. But we're going to take a look at a very evil spirit today that is often referred to as the Jezebel spirit. Have you ever heard of the Jezebel spirit? If you have, say, yes, I have. All right, a few of you have. 1 Kings 21, 25 says, no one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did under the influence of his wife, Jezebel. Everyone say influence with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Influence. influence. Spiritual attacks come to influence you. And what is influence? Influence means the ability to affect one's thoughts, the ability to impact someone's feelings and their behaviors. And evil spirits attempt to, to either shift your thoughts, to persuade your thoughts and feelings so that you, you behave in a certain way that is not in alignment with God's best for your life. Now, Jezebel was a real person. We know that. But her actions give us a view into the spiritual world. And I want to help us today to not see only with our natural eyes, but to be able to see with our spiritual eyes at what is happening in our world and in your life. She, Jezebel, influenced Ahab. And evil spirits are attempting to influence you and I today. Now, if you're new to spiritual warfare in some of this conversation, I want to explain the difference between influence and obsession. Uh, uh, sorry, possession. Influence and possession, completely different things. So possession would be as if a spirit is controlling your life, that you have no control given over to it possessed. Influence is different. It is being pressured or tempted by an evil spirit. Possession is from the inside. Influence is pressure from the outside. I believe that a born-again Christian cannot be possessed because we have the possession of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And where there is light inside of you, there cannot be darkness inside of you. Was that you or was that God or was that? Thank you, Siri. Well, Siri wanted me to say it again. A born again Christian cannot be possessed because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 
But church, a Christian can be oppressed by an evil spirit. And I hate to tell you this, but it is the truth. And you need to know that every Christian is capable of being influenced by an evil spirit. And that's why it's important for me to teach us today because some of the problems, many of the problems in your life have to do with an evil spirit holding you back and robbing you from your joy. And rather than just coping with it, I want to teach you how to confront that spirit so that you can find freedom in your life. Now, I want you to know also that just because you are being influenced by an evil spirit, that doesn't make you an evil person. It doesn't even mean you are a sinful person, although we all sin, but it's not that, that influence isn't meaning you're a sinner in life. This means that honestly, if you're being influenced by an evil spirit, it really just means that you are a born again Christian with a destiny from God and the enemy wants to hold you back from being able to fulfill what God has in your life. And so that's why every Christian will experience spiritual tax and influence from the enemy. So now I want to take us back to the story of Jezebel for just a moment. A little history and context to where we are in the time of, of history in the, in the Old Testament. At this particular time, the verse about Ahab and Jezebel was written while they were serving as the king and queen of the northern kingdom of Israel, which are God's chosen people. Jezebel was originally, though, from the kingdom of Phoenicia, which is a kingdom that worshipped a god named Baal. There was an arranged marriage between Jezebel and Ahab to try to bring some type of peace between these two kingdoms. And so they were married. Ahab and Jezebel were married. But it was quickly apparent through scriptures that she was not going to worship the God of Israel. And she actually intended and had an agenda to have Israel worship Baal. So let me give you a fun fact about Baal. I, I say that just because it's really not funny, but this is a fun fact about Baal. If you have ever studied about Baal, you can look it up in scriptures. You can dig into the worship of Baal. So Baal was in that time... The, the God of fertility, fertility for their crops and fertility to reproduce children. Now, often Baal worship included prostitution at their temple. And in order to appease Baal, they would also sacrifice their firstborn children to the God of Baal. Baal became known as the God of sexual perversions, and the murder of children. And so I share that with you to help you get a view from what we see in culture today of sexual perversion and the, the pressure to, to harm the unborn children. Listen, that is the same spirit of, of Baal worship that was happening then that spirit is still active today in our world. And I share that with you for a very important reason. Because as Christians, as we determine that we want to make a change in our nation, that the primary change is a spiritual battle. 
Listen, it happens naturally, but there's a spiritual battle. And what I like about this is that I really, really, really love people. And if I see the battles in our culture, the problem with people, then my anger is always against people. What I want to do is have a righteous anger against a spiritual battle in life, which is a spirit of Baal in our culture today that is being driven by Jezebel's spirit as well. And so, listen, I think it's important for the church to understand that we are not to come against and fight with people. We are to fight with spiritual battles and spiritual weapons that we have. We are called to love people. We are called to connect with people. We are called to let the, the love of Jesus shine through us so that lost people will see what God is doing in our life so that we can then bring them to the place of understanding the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ so he can save them and transform them and give them a new way of thought as well. Now, I'm not saying that we aren't active in our world and doing the things that we're called to do, but if our only fight is with people, we'll miss the bigger battle. Amen, church? Jezebel used her position as a queen to influence the king to worship Baal. And she turned a godly nation to do the same. Jezebel also used manipulation and intimidation to stop the prophets of God from pointing people back to worship the true God of Israel. And so Jezebel, she worked against the king to turn a nation. She intimidated, killed the prophets so they would not turn people back to the God of Israel. She was married to Ahab. Ahab was a very weak leader. He did not confront Jezebel. He tolerated or maybe he coped with her. He didn't stop her. He didn't protect the people that he led. He allowed her influence to influence him into more evil and to, give, and to kill God's prophets that were there in that day. And I consider this as I think about spiritual battles today in a complex and difficult world that we live in. We cannot afford to have leaders who act like Ahab. We need leaders who are not afraid to confront evil today. Amen, church? Come on, talk to me a little bit. Let's look at some of the evil of Jezebel for just a moment. In 1 Kings 18.4, it says Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. So her powerful position as a queen enabled her to influence the king and his royal forces to kill off God's prophets. But there was this one prophet, his name is Elijah. And he was the most powerful and prominent prophet of, of that time during Ahab and Jezebel. And he was able to escape her wrath and he was out in the desert. But there came a time when God had called him to go back in and confront the, the false gods of that day. So Elijah came out of the desert and he challenged all of the queen's prophets of Baal to a standoff, to a showdown on the top of a mountain. So Elijah called for all of the prophets of Baal to join him on a mountain and he called for all the people of Israel to come up and see this showdown. 
And the showdown was that they would have the prophets of Baal build an altar. They would pray for the God of Baal to send fire down and burn up their altar as a, as a sign of, of, of their acceptance. Then they, and then Elijah said he would build his and he would pray and whichever God sent down fire would be the, the one true God. So the prophets that day, they, they built their altar. They put their sacrifice on it. They began to cry out to this false God of Baal and they danced around it. They shouted, they screamed, they cut themselves. They did everything they could, could to get Baal to answer them, but there was nothing that happened. So late in the day, Elijah then had his turn. He built his altar to God. And he then had gallons of water poured on the altar. Then he prayed to the God of Israel to, to send fire down and burn up the sacrifice. And God did it. And it was an amazing moment for Elijah and all the people. They, they came to see that the God of Israel was the one true God. And they began to worship God again. Elijah then said to all the people, kill off all these false prophets who have been, been bringing about all this wickedness into their country. And so it was a great day of victory for God and the Israelites. But Jezebel, she wasn't so happy. The Bible says that Ahab got home in, this is in 1 Kings 19, Ahab got home and he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah and she said, may the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you killed them. And I want you to look at Elijah, this man of God, the, the mouthpiece of God. He was the, the prophet of God, the most powerful, prominent prophet of God. And he had just had this huge victory on the mountaintop. But this one word from from Jezebel caused him to be afraid and it said he fled for his life. He discontinued his ministry for that moment in time and it says he went and hid in Beersheba, a town outside of Judah there. So Elijah, this amazing man of God, one, one threat from Jezebel caused him to fear and, and step back and and to miss a portion of what God had called him to. And so we know this about Jezebel, that she used her position to kill the prophets of God. We know that she used her threats and intimidation to cause fear for the mouthpiece of God and to hold him back. Now listen, church, obviously we understand that Jezebel isn't living today, but the evil spirit that was present in her is still at work attacking people today. And so we often label spirits according to their function and assignment that we see them. As I mentioned, a foreboding spirit, the assignment is to bring that heaviness into someone's life. And so if we were to identify the Jezebel spirit, because it's not the person, but the spirit that drove her, that spirit that still is at work in our culture today, this Jezebel spirit is an evil spirit that attacks spiritual leaders, the mouthpiece of God, causing fear and influencing them to either want to quit the ministry or intimidate them to retreat and silence their voice. That is still happening today. That is the pressure upon every pastor today when it comes to speaking about those issues that are relevant in our culture today. Every pastor feels not only the 
public criticisms and pressure, but the spiritual attack as well. I feel it. Last week I had a, a message that, that brought with it a spiritual attack on the backside of it. We feel it. But church, listen, if pastors lead their churches like Ahab led his nation, then we will see evil persist in our churches, in our cities, and in our nation. Right? So my heart as your pastor, and humbly I say this, not out of pride or arrogance in the least, but my heart is to stand up to the Jezebel spirits of our day and continue to boldly declare God's truth and grace. But let me tell you, church, it's not easy. It, it is not comfortable. And it's not always popular. And because you also are a mouthpiece of God, you will also experience the Jezebel spirit pushing back, criticizing, and holding you back, and tempting you to want to Resist from speaking the truth of God wherever you land in your, your ministry as well. I personally always feel the pressure of the Jezebel spirit. And it causes me for a moment in time to fear, to have a little bit of fear and to, to you know, like, like want to shrink back from the public eye for a moment. Honestly, last week when we, posted our, our sermon online because we post them on Tuesday. That, that foreboding spirit, that Jezebel spirit, all that hit me the moment it went online, like at 7 p.m. On, on Tuesday, because it's one thing to preach to your church body who generally loves you, but it's another thing to put it out there where everyone in the world can see it. And I felt this moment of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to get from this? And then some of you really kind, amazing people began to share it. And my first thought was, no, don't share it. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want that. You know, like, y'all are amazing, but don't share this one. You know, I'm like, go back a few weeks. And, you know, but because that's that spirit that pushes. And listen, you might even feel that spirit when I'm talking about it, because sometimes that spirit will try to mix with your ears and cause you to resist what I'm talking about at times and you'll feel the pressure inside. No, pastor, don't talk about that. It's a spirit. You see it? You see it? But I've learned how to find freedom from Jezebel and other spirits that attack. And I want to help you because there are spirits that are assigned to your life just as well and they're holding you back because the devil is an equal opportunity offender and he does not like believers and he doesn't want you to thrive. And that's why the Bible says in 1 John 4, 1, it says, dear friends, it's friends because this is being written by John and he's saying, hey, this is to the, to the body of Christ. He said, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Why do you test a spirit? Well, because some spirits are evil and they have an evil assignment and influence trying to hold you back in your life. And so what I want to do is to help you recognize evil spirits that are trying to attack your life. Because if you, if you recognize that it's a spiritual battle, then you have a spiritual weapon to find your freedom. And so most likely as I read this list to you of different types of assignments of evil spirits, 
Some of them you may identify to. That doesn't mean you're bad. That just means that, that in some way that spirit has been attacking you. And maybe there's a vulnerability in your life. And maybe there's just a, an opening in your spiritual armor. And so when you hear what I'm about to share in terms of the different types of spirits, instead of like going, that's not me, listen for an ear to go, maybe that is what's attacking me in my life so that I can teach you how to be free. So let me remind you that just because you have an evil spirit attacking you, influencing you, you're not an evil person. And the label also, so if we put a label on a, on a spirit, that doesn't mean you're labeled in the same way, amen? So if you're tempted, pushed, or currently trapped in one of these areas, let me read some of these out to you just as a way of helping you see what is attacking in our culture today. So there's a spirit of lust, and pornography. And so that is rampant in our culture today. Maybe you have felt the pressures of an enemy tempting you in that area. There's the spirit of sexual perversions, a spirit of criticism, quarreling, and argumentative. Uh, if you've been online at all, you know that um, that's the spirit behind Facebook, criticism. Everybody criticizes and quarrels with everybody. Um, a spirit of offense, what is a spirit of offense? That's where you, you hold on to a grudge or someone has hurt you in some way. And rather than forgiving someone, you just carry offense with you and you just, you just stay mad and you're not going to let it go. And, and sometimes that's just a poor decision in your life, but sometimes that spirit has found a way to make a home in your life and we need to find freedom. There's a spirit of heaviness and dread and foreboding. There's a spirit of hopelessness. Do you know hopelessness? That's not, if you're testing the spirit, hopelessness is not from God. And there are some people that just feel a sense of like, I just am not going to get through this season. I just, it's going to be too hard. And I want you to know that's not God. Spirit of loneliness, that's not God. A spirit of inadequacy, that's not God. A spirit of fear. There's so many people today that have, that have allowed fear to become their best friend in their life. And they're afraid to go to church. They're afraid to do things. They're just afraid. And, and we can't live in fear. That spirit is not of God. Some people have a spirit of anger. It's just quick to move to a space of anger in a hurry. A spirit of hatred. A spirit of lying. A spirit of pride. There's a spirit of a cult. You're like, what is a spirit of a cult? A cult is anything that has to do with, with demonic activity. And so sometimes people open their lives up to the spirit of a cult through, through things that are like uh, horror movies. And so uh, maybe there's a, a new horror movie out. And if you have this inclination, well, I kind of want to go see it. Well, that's a pressure of the enemy pulling you into something that will harm your life. And you need to recognize that and, and deal with that in your life. A spirit of unbelief. There are just some people that struggle to believe in the promises of God. Spirit of greed, a spirit of rebellion against authority, a spirit of envy and jealousy, a spirit of unforgiveness, a spirit of bitterness, a spirit of self-harm. Some people find themselves so um, in, in like despair in their life, they, they want to either cut themselves or even uh, commit suicide. And so we want to break off that spirit. There's a spirit of addiction that's out. So I share all these with you today as an understanding that there are unique spirits that have been assigned to hold you back in your life. Just like there's been one assigned to my life, there's some in your life and they look for those vulnerabilities. And so I read that to you just so you would have an awareness of what's happening. 
Now, all of that may have seemed a little heavy, so I want to preach you happy for just a second. Can I do that? So let me preach this to you, that number one, you need to know that every Christian can find freedom through the power and the name of Jesus Christ. Let me try it again. That deserved a better name in. Every Christian can find freedom through the power and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. It's better. Um, Philippians chapter two says this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. This is Jesus. God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow or submit. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven. Angels bow to him on earth. People will bow to him and under earth. Every demon must submit and bow at the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. And because you are saved in the name of Jesus, you have the power to overcome and resist and rebuke the enemy in your life. And so I want to share with you in about three minutes, five R's that will help you find freedom over the enemy. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Number one, recognize. That's the first R. Recognize you are being influenced. If you do not recognize it, then you will not confront it in your life. If you do not believe it, then you'll never deal with it. So try to define what type of spirit is influencing you and try to give it a name so you can rebuke it and deal with it. The second thing, after we have recognized it, we repent. Now repent is only for those who have fallen to the trap of the influence of the enemy. Being tempted or being, being influenced isn't something you repent from. But if it has found its home, a residence inside of you, and you began to act and harbor and to think in a way contrary to God's best for your life, then repent of that moment in your life. So we have recognize, repent. The third word is rebuke. Rebuke. You rebuke the evil spirit in the name of Jesus. Or I would say you command the evil spirit to stop and to retreat. And so we have the power of the name of Jesus to command a spirit that does not belong. When you test that spirit and you go, that's not God, then you can rebuke that spirit. Let me read you a quick verse about this. This is a story of the apostle Paul and his companions. And it says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And so we had a spirit that was influencing her. And it says that she had earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And so she followed Paul and the rest of us. And she shouted as they came down the streets, these men are servants of God, the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She was in essence mocking them. So she kept this up for many days. And the Bible says, finally, Paul so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit, and I want you to recognize that what he did, he, he commanded the spirit. He fought with the spirit. He didn't fight with a person. He didn't come after this person. He didn't say you are evil. He didn't say you're the problem. He didn't say you have to change. He went to the, the issue at hand and he's talked to the spirit. And this is what he said. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left. 
And that's the same spirit, I mean, the same power that you and I have in the name of Jesus. So when you rebuke the enemy, you say, well, in the name of Jesus, you foreboding spirit, I rebuke you, I say to you, and I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And it has to bow at that name. Amen? Next, resist. Resist. After you rebuke the enemy, you resist. Resist means to resist the temptation to repeat that behavior. There'll be a temptation because usually there's a familiarity to it. And so we tend to repeat that behavior in our life. And so in order to stay free, you need to resist. And you also need to know that the enemy will come back and he will bring that temptation back into your life. And sometimes it seems more intense than it was before, but you have the power to resist the enemy when he comes. And lastly, the last R, renew. Renew your mind. You are not that same old person. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus. You have been transformed by Jesus Christ who now lives inside of you. And your old patterns, your old nature, the old things that you used to be a part of are not your nature anymore because of Jesus Christ. Remind yourself that you are not whatever that was in the past. Remind yourself of God's power to help you and keep you free from the enemy. And then replace those old thoughts with new thoughts of God's promise and his thoughts about you. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll get you through. Amen. Amen. So I want to remind you today that you can find freedom in your life. You can't just cope with stuff, though. You have to understand you have weapons of warfare. Use your weapon. Confront the enemy and live free. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that you are teaching this church body how to be strong in the spirit. Lord, we are strong in so many ways, but God, we want to be strong in spirit. And we want to be able to confront the, the attacks of the enemy in our life. And so God, I pray that this, this teaching and training today would equip your body to know what to do when they feel a spiritual attack. And so church, I pray that you would receive it and you would put it into action. And I declare over your life, you can find freedom in Jesus' name. And now with every head bowed, one more most important part of the day. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, I wanna give you this opportunity. You will find no freedom without Jesus in your life. God loves you. He loves you, loves you. It's our sin that separates us from God. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow God, then you're separated. The Bible teaches us that Jesus, he came to earth, he died on the cross for your sins, meaning that he takes all of the, the condemnation that you deserved, all the punishment that you deserve upon himself so that you can be free and have a relationship with our heavenly father. Your job is at this moment to say, yes, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and savior. And with this very personal, private moment, if you're here and you want to begin a relationship, you want your sins forgiven, would you just lift your hand to me as your pastor in this moment, just as a recognition that you choose to follow Jesus today? 
But Lord, we thank you for this moment in church. We thank you that you have been here with us all morning. And Lord, I pray that you would give us your strength and power to live free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.